Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show. I'm your host, Claire Wilde, and he is my co-host, I guess. It's Lorenzo Pacitti. Hello. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Very well. How are you? A bit low energy today? Just one of those days. Just a wee bit knackered. Yeah. We were just talking about the weird weather as well. It's like being all weathers be in one day, which mm-hmm. has certainly thrown me for a bit of a loop. But here we are. We're here and we're here to talk about all things Celtic women and football. Um, how's your week been? Since we last spoke, uh, pretty bog standard week, and you can mean that good or bad ways. I guess it's it's just a standard week, catching up on telly and and staying in the house. Yeah, but okay, so good. Yeah. Can't, can't complain. Um, very similar here. Obviously, I was at the game on Sunday, which was great, and we will get to that and talk about it. But it was the last game in. The league before the split happened, which everyone was, that was the big news of the weekend, I guess. And there was no kind of real jeopardy in terms of the top of the table, but there was the, um, it's kind of interesting to see how things finished for the first time that we've done this in the league, wasn't it? There was a kind of, we mentioned it last week, playoff, I guess, between Spartans, Motherwell and Partick Thistle. And it was Partick Thistle who emerged victorious so the top six are Glasgow City, Celtic, Rangers, Hearts, Hibs and Partick. Um, thoughts on that? Well, there, there was jeopardy at the top of the table in that Glasgow City played Glasgow women and yeah. caught up on that goal difference. Like know, we we'll, said, we'll, we might always coming. We might talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's nice. For, I'm, I'm pleased to see Partick Thistle. They've not been in the league that long either. Um, so that's impressive from them. And it's weird for all those teams, I think, Outside the top four, you know, you're kind of you're kind of seeing a, quite a drop in terms of who can compete with us anyway, or the kind of quality yeah. we play. Yeah. Uh, so being in that, the, the nature of a split is strange because being that sixth team is what you're aiming for the whole season. It's your achievement. But then once you're there, you've got to play those five. You know, you're probably <laughs> yeah. going to pick up three points if you're incredibly lucky. So yeah. yeah. But oh. then good for the team overall if you go in with kind of not huge expectations of getting a massive result, but like you then spend the rest of the season playing teams who have a much better quality than you. So I guess there's some learning there to be done. Yeah. And you've got to aim for something. And I think if you are a mid table team in any league, the top half is your first goal and then your goal is Europe. And in our league, there's only two European slots. So there's not going to be any chance of that. Yeah. Um, The bottom six, Motherwell just missed out. uh, Spartans, Dundee United, Aberdeen, Hamilton, and Glasgow women still at the bottom with zero points. Dundee United are sort of slowly clambering up the table a wee mm. bit, aren't they? <laughs> it's a strange one. I mean, with the nature of how long the, the seasons are in terms of, I think a season in women's football at the pace we're moving at, you know, is, is covering a two or three. So you're going to see teams like chop and change quite a lot mid-season and their form really drastically change. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, just to give a kind of proper update on where that top six stands. So th- as you mentioned... Was it 11 goals they scored at the weekend? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it'd be 10. I kept saying 10. I was like, if, still, if we say 10 ahead of them, they will catch up. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it makes it, I guess, more exciting. If there wasn't that points gap, it would be very exciting because the top three have such little between them Yeah. Uh, in terms of goal difference. And when you consider how they beat every other team, how they batter some teams... The fact that the top three teams are so close in goal difference is amazing. Yeah, um, I mean, it's they they just pipped us to goal difference with that scoreline. 
Um, Glasgow City obviously now topping the table on points and goal difference with 87 with their goal difference, not their points, 62 points. We have got 86 as our goal difference. We're on 56. Rangers are a point behind us on 84. Um, so yeah. And we've got 10 games to play, playing each of those teams in that top half home and away. Um, the split fixtures were released on Monday. As we record this, that's yesterday. Um, our first fixture is against Rangers away on a Monday night. Hello. Yeah. Um, I mean, we should pass comment on that first of all, and then we can get to what we think of the way that the others have panned out for us. Yeah, Monday night football is a very, I guess, Sky Sportsy English football thing and uh, American football type thing. Um, it's not something I've... It's not something I've ever really thought about being, you know, like how, I'm t- how I talk about Friday night football being the future of mm. this of these derbies for me. But Monday night football, I'm not, I'm not, you know, against it. I think it could. There's not a lot of people do on Monday nights, you know. It's something that, that could really change uh, if Rangers allow anybody in this time who aren't, you know, very specific Rangers ticket holders. Yeah. But luckily, they have an actual big stadium to play in now, so maybe. As soon as we know about those tickets and everything, we will of course share that information with people. But um. Yeah, I mean, Monday Night Football, I think it's the TV fixtures were also released today, what's being shown on TV, and it's Sky Sports that's showing that one, which I assume is why it's been negotiated as that Monday night, um, so that Sky can show it. Um, But I think that, yeah, I mean, the only thing is that when you speak to people who maybe have children and stuff, like a Monday night isn't obviously we see a lot of kids and stuff at these big games yeah. that might be a challenge for people to bring midweek school night and all that sort of thing but it's the you know it's the um it's the teething problems of finding these showpiece games where they fit because you can't put them up against the men's games right now um and i think that's to be expected and that's fine that's something that women's football should find its own niche and carve out its own uh-huh. prime time so Monday Night Football is something to maybe be experimented with, but yeah, it's kids, school night, a lot of kids at the games. It's going to be the most obvious miss, uh, but we'll see. Maybe they'll put a wee bit earlier than like a quarter to eight, maybe a seven kickoff. It kind of really highlights as well the, the balance to be struck with, between growing the audience as a live audience for women's football and growing that TV audience at the same yeah. time, because... I think it's a really good thing for people who aren't able to get to the game, who want to watch it at home anyway, like to have it at a time when it's not going to clash with anything, when it's really easy to watch. Lots of people have got access to Sky. So, yeah, I think we'll maybe see if we can find out some of the numbers and stuff behind it at some point, maybe in the off season as we kind of do some more analysis around this. But um, it'll be interesting to see what the demographics are like. Any other thoughts on the post-split? sort of fixture release list that you had um it's it is a very exciting way to you know decide a title you get so many games against the teams around you like there's not like one title decider it hinges on even in a normal league season with that loss against Glasgow City you could have written that league off if we only played them Uh once if we didn't play them again we get them twice you know there is it's going to be insane it's going to be some miracle to do it (laughs) but there is the opportunity there to claw this back and that's thanks to this really intense split and it does create these big showpiece games that come thick and fast right at the end of a season, which is when you want them. Yeah. So it's all really exciting. I just wish we were, I wish we were level on points. I wish we were at the top of the league, but it's it's going to be fun regardless. We are where we are. 
um so yeah it is really exciting we've got that rangers game on the monday night and then i mean they do come thick and fast we've got five fixtures and when i looked at that five in may with the midweeks and the sundays that is a hell of a schedule um so we're gonna have to be really one of the things that i did think probably does play to our advantage in that is that we have got a squad where we can we have got the opportunity to rest legs and things where maybe others haven't so much with injuries etc touch wood i don't want to tempt fate or anything but anyway just trying to be a little bit optimistic um the hips game on sunday which was our last one obviously we needed to win it um how were you feeling beforehand about this game um you know we've barred tips before this season as we talked about a long time ago um, very different Hibs team than we took on on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, the Celtic team's always been quite good at rebounding as well off, off kind of hard-to-take losses. So still confident as ever about this team. Um, I thought Hibs, because it's the end of a season as well, would have found their form, they've found their players. It's going to be a wee bit harder to play against them. And we're still kind of strikerless slash that problem's not been solved. Yeah. So I think I did predict 2-0. We'll find out how the game went when we review the game, but I think I did predict 2-0. <laughs> Um, if anyone but, listening know, doesn't know tough, what the result but... was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be tough, but I was, I was confident. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Hibs is one of those teams that you absolutely don't go it. You know, there are some of the smaller teams who aren't as full-time, who aren't bringing in the kind of players that Hibs have over the course of the season who are more, you are more worried about a team like Hibs. The lineup for this game, let me just read it out for you. Uh, Pamela Tahana in goals, of course. We then had... Taylor Otto, Kelly Clark, and Caitlin Hayes. Shen, Olivia Chance, Lisa Robertson. Hooray. Hannah Kerner um, and Jacinta Shen Meng. So both Shen, Shen Meng Lu and Shen Meng Yu were playing and Amy Gallagher. Um, I think the obvious things that stuck out for me, obviously we got Lisa Robertson starting, which is lovely to see. Um, Taylor Otto replacing Clary Reardon, who's kind of seemed to secure that left-hand position in the back three as her own, but mm. Taylor Otto coming in to do that. Anything else that struck you or thoughts on those? Um, Shen Meng Yu coming back into the yes, kind of fold yeah. again. She's got to find where her position is in this team, Yeah, um, I guess. So it's, she's so versatile, so that's really handy to have. Uh, but when she's on it, you know, she is such a classy player. Um, so it's it's fun to see her kind of force her way back into the team and back into contention as we hit the run-in. So that was exciting. Do you think that, just as an aside, like a player like her who has got that versatility, we were talking, I don't know if you listened to it, we did the Players' Lounge last week and one of Bowd's picks was Vidal Reiseth. <laughs> and one of the things we were talking about is how nobody knew where to play him. And that if you've got a player who's kind of, maybe ends up being a bit underrated because they don't find you you get have a player like someone like Hannah Kerner for example who I want to talk about because big fan but like she comes in it's like it's very obvious where she fits it's very obvious what she does right from the get-go the same with Lucy when she came in they both happen to be wingers but you know you could almost say the same about Clara Reardon there's there's no kind of question around it which means that secure do you think it's easier then to secure your place yeah definitely I think Fran's system is so um, it takes such precedence over the kind of squad choices and the right. direction of the game. And to have a player who's dressed tile is amazing, but it, it does mean he might feel he's got a more straightforward option in almost every position mm-hmm. than a Shen. 
Um, if you want to just put good follow up, good footballer up against good footballer, Shen can hold her own against most players in that squad. But you want to talk about who's our right wing back, where Shen has been playing sometimes. It's Kerner now, you know, and mm. she's a ready made right wing back. And the left, we've got Chance, who's again another player who's playing kind of out of position. And it's just tough to, to kind of command a place. Like you say, the only slot that's kind of open right now and, and dying for a player is a natural number nine, mm-hmm. maybe. Everywhere else has been covered quite well and then everywhere else has these personalities who've been around for a while who play that role so specifically and so well. Chen is just a really good footballer yeah. who who just needs, I guess, to be forced somewhere for a while or do we just appreciate, I don't know why we're even moaning, why we just appreciate the versatility yeah. and <laughs> let Fran do what he wants with her. Because I, I think we both agree that she's not that natural number nine and is not going to step into that and that we are well, still... But again, she's, she's played up there. Before. Yeah, like, she's done, she she's has, done it all. You know? She's done it all. Um, and she's, yeah, she always steps up to the plate as well. Um, really interesting um, to see that. The other thing, I want to talk about Taylor Otto a bit in that position, but maybe we'll do that as we talk through the game. What were your overall thoughts on this game? I was at it. It was, I hadn't been to Meadowbank before. I'd seen it on the telly with the lovely view of Arthur's seat and all that. Um it's quite, it's all a part of a big sports complex, which is lovely because the facilities are great. But then you've got a big bloody running track between you and the pitch. <laughs> yeah, and big open air. Yeah. The, and cold. No, this is nice. It was actually, no, the I, weather The weather was pretty good for most of the game. No, I I, uh, I thought we were, I actually thought the scoreline flattered Tibbs, but without saying that we were dominant, I just thought we played a little bit better than a 2-0 win suggests just because of how much we have been hammering teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think usually if we only score two, it's easy to come on and say we're missing that striker, we're missing that number nine, missing that focal point. But I actually thought a lot of the link-up play was really good up there, uh, maybe without that cutting edge, but the link-up play was great. I thought a lot of the football was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just little things that weren't coming off, and I actually thought for the most part, as much as it's probably the, it's the obvious thing to say, if you're on the team, I thought a lot of it was bad luck. A lot of things that didn't come off. I thought we tried a lot of nice things. Hibs defended pretty stoutly and pretty well. I definitely don't think it was a, a poor performance or a mediocre performance. I thought Celtic played well. Different day, different opposition. They hammer somebody, I think, playing like that. But in general, pretty comfortable. I think I would agree with you on that. I think I had a quick look at the kind of overall stats. I'm not a stats guy, really, who can like extract a lot of information and understand it in a very... Um, complicated way but we did we had most of the ball we had a number of shots on target I think I was going to save this until later but I think it's really worth mentioning we did have some bad luck but we also their keeper had an outstanding game she made eight pretty clear saves that I mean some of them were like top class (laughs) and we play teams where we've seen we've been playing teams sometimes where the keepers feel like like they've been called up that week and there's been injury crises and this league has a few really great keepers and a lot of very, very young keepers. Uh, so as you say, on a different day, those eight shots on target are eight goals. Yeah. Um, so the Hibs are a team who can count themselves lucky as a good keeper. We play a few other teams that we know about. Uh, but no, she had a good performance and that is all it takes to kind of limit the scoreline but I don't think we should take too much away from the performance which I thought was good in general yeah Benedict Harland is her name um so one to keep an eye on a great football name 
Yeah, I know. That's because as soon as we, like within the first 10 minutes, I was there with Chris and we were like, who is this keeper? And I, ha- I had seen her before, but I had to just remind myself of who, um, who she played for and what her name was. And I was very... Yeah, I was very impressed, like watching watching her kind of in real life and the way that she was kind of conducting herself. Um, really, really good. Um, how do you think we sort of start? We'll, go, we'll talk about the goals, which were both scored um, in the first half, one pretty quickly. But um, I mean, I was going to say, how did we start? We scored the first goal after just before 10 minutes. Yeah, and I set piece as well. Like, I think sometimes... The free-flowing football we play again, it would be easy to look at that performance and say, "Oh, just the two goals. Oh, and two from a two from corners. That is so key to our game, and it's such a relief for me when I see us scoring from set pieces because I feel like it's our bread and butter. Yeah, like against Glasgow City, I was really disappointed because I thought every set piece we had, we didn't even look like we were close to scoring. It looked like we were mm. not getting the balls that we wanted. We weren't getting any kind of free headers. We weren't moving at all in the box. Um, so to see. The Lisa Robertson kind of just hang up that corner, and it's just it, it was that kind of Celtic set of piece one hundred and one. Hang it up and make somebody jump with Caitlin Hayes, yeah. and it can be that simple. And that's really exciting to know that you can rely on that. So every time we score from a corner, I am it's like a thirty yarder for me. I'm very happy. It feel I, every time we get a corner, every time we win a corner, it feels like okay, here we go, here we go. Like there's such an opportunity. It's such an opportunity which. You don't get with every team that you're watching playing. I don't, I'm not getting it with the men's team at the moment. I'm not getting watching other teams in this league at the moment against us, for example. I'm not Kate, thinking, Kate oh Lynn shit. Hayes, Kate Lynn Hayes hovering in the box waiting for a ball to come in is like Nakamura standing over a free kick. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same expectation. It's not going to happen every single time, but you feel like it does. Yeah. And that is like a, a lethal uh, psychological weapon to have as a team. Definitely. Um, the goal comes from, like we said, a set piece. It's a Lisa Robertson corner. Um, she, her delivery is great. Or everyone who's taken part of, like, obviously part of the success of these set pieces, especially corners, is the fact that we've got, again, like a number of players. We've got Maria who can make a great delivery. Jacinta makes a great delivery. Lisa's making these great deliveries. She puts it in the box. I think it's Liana Hines who gets her head to it, but doesn't manage to get it far enough. And it just, you know, Amy is just doing her thing and she's there waiting. Yeah, she's, we talk about Amy, is, is she going to be the striker solution? Um, all the goals she was scoring. So many of them for a player with such quick feet, such natural ability, so many of them are pouncing on things in six-yard box. She just has that no-nonsense, reactive striker nature to, to finish. Even you see the finish, it's yeah. so controlled. You know, there's a big crowd of players. It bounces down to her off a corner. Nine times out of ten, people just put their foot through that, you know, yeah. and try and blast it or rattle it off the defenders in front of them. She kind of leans, she turns to the side, she side foots it into the little gap that's there, doesn't even try and bar it through empty, and just makes it look so easy. And it's <laughs> just know. when she's at her best, that's what she's like. Yeah. I was also just watching the highlights back as well and enjoying the uh, the guy, who whoever was doing the uh, commentary on the SWPL highlights that they showed, who kept calling her Jacinta. <laughs> We had one of those again. <laughs> but yeah, that goal was absolutely fantastic. Um, and to get a goal that early on in a game like this is really settles things down, I think, a little bit. Do you think that we did, do you think that led us to be able to control the performance a little bit more, to be able to be one ahead? 
Yeah, I think any team, I hope sort of hearts are going to have that little bit of fight in them until you stub it out, you know. Um, and I think usually teams who are not going to have a lot of the ball rely on counter-attacking or set pieces. And when your strengths as a attacking team are counter-attacking and set pieces, it really kind of puts that to bed if you can get a goal early. Yeah. Um, there was, I'm trying to look, I'm looking through my notes, which I've made and they're a little bit scribbly. So um, forgive me, but um, we've talked about goalkeeping performances. Pam did have to do some work. She had to make a couple of saves. Do you want to talk about the moment where all our hearts went into our mouths? <laughs> it just, um, yeah, it just, we talk about complacency. I don't think <laughs> Pam Tachonar is not something I'd ever deem complacent. Uh, but she just loses track of the fact she's playing football for three <laughs> seconds. She forgets she's allowed to use her feet, maybe. I don't know. Ta- uh, Taylor Otto kind of just happily passes the ball back in a very standard manoeuvre. <laughs> yeah, and it just so slowly as well rolls towards the goal. And I think in Pam's face, you can see that it's just like this disbelief that it's happened more than like a desperation to get it. And thankfully, yeah. it's at such a tight angle, it just hits the post. But it it was scary and that would have been a very annoying way to, to give up your advantage. <laughs> but she's a keeper who very rarely makes mistakes. You can see that, especially in the way she comes for corners and comes for crosses. Yeah. She takes the ball so cleanly, doesn't spill anything, which mm-hmm. is so big in this league because it's very common for like young keepers, especially we yeah. play. She does not spill anything. She's so reliable. So she's allowed one as long as it's not a goal. I, it's so funny because watching it back, it all happens so quickly. <laughs> and in real time, when I was there, it felt like that whole moment where the ball slowly rolled towards the post lasted about five minutes. It was yeah. like I said to Chris about 10 minutes after, I was like, the adrenaline is still coursing through my veins from Pam just missing that. <laughs> um, the second goal, again, from a set piece, like, and this one... It's funny because whenever we talk about goals, you know, you make the notes and you can talk about who passes to who and who's doing what and da, da, da. And then you get these goals that are just whoever puts it in makes a great delivery and Caitlin just does what Caitlin does. And this was one of those, wasn't it? Yeah, I ended up talking about it as the first goal because I was so excited about it. Um, Caitlin Hayes from a corner is my favourite kind of goal. It's just, it, it's like a cheat code and it's so important. If the Celtic team's going to go on and win leagues and win cups, it has to keep doing this. Like, that's like a consistency level in terms of goal output, mm. chances created, XG, whatever you want to call it, that we can't drop. Yeah. We can't drop that. Um, so every time it happens, I'm I'm so excited about it. And she's just got this accuracy and power. And, you know, she doesn't put headers over the bar and it baffles me because she's so, <laughs> she is so um, violent almost the way she jumps for a ball, you know, the way she attacks a ball. The, the jump on her is, is just something to behold. You watch it back, and if you ever watch it in slow motion, she's just like two heads at least above everyone. Yeah. So you just can't compete. So any any time as a dominant team, we can stress an advantage, whether that be fitness, you know, at the end of a, a game or experience, we have to do it. And Caitlin Hayes is one of our advantages. We have to and we Best have to make, goal. this is one of the things that going forward into these last 10 games that we have to make sure that we're not just doing against teams like Hibs, Hearts and Partick Thistle, who I honestly don't think know properly how to cope with it. But against Rangers and Glasgow City, we have to make these count, don't we? We have to be winning these corners. You know, players like Amy and Jacinta can get make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing stuff with them when we get them. Um it's really, really going to, I think, be crucial to the second part of this season. 
Well, we don't win this league without scoring from a few set pieces in these games. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to happen. How are you feeling at half time with a 2 0 score line? Good. Although I would say I didn't feel like the floodgates were going to open or anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't really feel like that kind of game. No. I felt comfortable, but it, it did feel like it was going to become quite a controlled performance, hopefully, and, and start to kind of see the game out and maybe nick another goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I'm very much on team goal difference, goal difference, goal difference. Uh, you know, Hibs are a team that right now before the split, let's just get this three points. Let's keep ourselves in a nice, even keel up ahead of Rangers in touch of City and, and get to the end. And that's what, it, that's what it felt like. It almost feels, I think, before you hit the split, it's kind of like a last game of the season. You mm-hmm. know, it's a hurdle to get over. And then you've yeah. got this fresh little mini season to start. You've also got, and obviously we'll talk about that, but you've got a cup game coming up. So I would imagine, even when I saw the lineup, I thought it maybe was slightly reflective of that fact mm. that he was maybe making a few changes, bearing in mind the fact that with the league kind of not slipping out of sight, but slipping a little bit further from our reach, it feels very much like our kind of status as a cup winning team needs to be maintained and that we need to do what we do. And it's hearts for a tricky prospect on Sunday. What I like about Fran is, is his um, commitment to winning trophies above, you know, all else. He's a guy that uh, really values silverware and the fact that this team deserves silverware, the fans need to see us lift silverware if we're going to progress. It's not a, a league or nothing. He doesn't rest players in the cup. He does the opposite. He often rest, rest players. Uh, in the lead up to our cup game and that's really exciting for me I I agree with him completely I don't think you can progress to a dominant team in the country and, and win leagues without taking care of the cups first and, and putting your all into them and trying to actually lift a cup if you want to be a big team yeah no I agree Um, I felt the same and I didn't feel like the second half performance like you said was one that was going to yield an awful lot of goals it wasn't like the floodgates were going to open oh, Hibs are a much better team at defending than they were Um. And I was kind of happy to just make sure we, you know, as the game got towards the end, I was like, well, this looks like this is going in our direction. And I'm very happy with that to take the three points down the road. Um, Was there anything else about the opposition that you wanted to mention? Was there anything about that? Obviously, we mentioned that we absolutely sort of did them 9-0 at the start of the season. And it was weird because we had had this huge gap where we hadn't played them. Um, What did you make of Hibs? I just thought they were much better. You know they were they were a much more, uh, much more difficult team to break down. I think the last time we played them, we were absolutely slicing them open every time we went forward. They felt quite calamitous at the back as well, and that that's from the goalkeeper out. It just felt like they were making mistakes constantly. So all that has improved, um, and maybe that is because they've got a. I think a solid goalkeeper really does just set a lot of your backline right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt they were a much better operation, much better team. Uh, and from what I've seen of like Hibs as a as a club, the way they're on the women's team, they definitely are one of the better teams in the league. For uh, I think they provided free buses for away games and stuff like that. You know yeah. all these little things that they sh- that show that there's a an intent there. And they did you know change that squad around a lot. They did they did it badly, very much like the men's team. You know they overhauled it in the beginning of the season was a bit of a disaster. Um, but again, very much like the men's team, it's all kind of coming good a little bit as we get further yeah. into the season so yeah it's re- I think I agree they are t- they do sort of have an intent and I'll be really interested to see how they perform next season as well if they are allowed to kind of do the recruitment that they the way that they want to over the summer and the other thing that was notable is they had seemed to have a really organized 
like fan base at that stadium like there was a lot of we were trying to you do that thing we've talked about it before especially in the small stadiums you kind of arrive and you like you're kind of looking around and it's much harder to spot obviously when you're playing Hibs because there's too much green and white going on and you're just going right where are we going to go and you're kind of seeing the faces that you recognize wanting to sit near Celtic fans but also get a good view of the game especially when there's a track in the way um but they had this big group of fans there was like horns and clappy things and lots of flags and um just sort of almost like a sort of organized fan base which I appreciated and thought of I think that comes from the club as well like taking it seriously and backing it and then people who support them kind of getting behind that yeah i've, I've noticed them posting stuff like um like little supporters groups or thanks mm. to our away support that came out yeah. today and it's obviously familiar faces to them and it's people with flags that say they're like hibs women away support yeah. or whatever so that kind of commitment and every team needs that 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 little hardcore mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah. of all these things to yeah. be to be the one that drives it um I was going to kind of I was I'm torn between going through moments in the second half which I've, I've got a couple of notes of things that I kind of liked and then I also wanted to talk about specific performances when I'm looking at the moments that I liked and sort of noticed Shen was involved in quite a number of them Shen like looking I don't think I really realized on the day but looking back at the game um on the TV she was doing such an awful lot of link up with like Olivia Chance with Hannah Kerner that was coming off really nicely and we've mentioned that you know she struggled to find her position in that team and so it's good to see her being able to do that kind of thing yeah she is just a good footballer I think her one of her strengths is her kind of passing in triangles and, and one twos and moving the ball forward progressing with the ball better than better than a lot of other midfielders um, it's just good to see her on the ball and with a bit of confidence Sometimes when we've felt like Shen's out of position, where it's more obvious is when it feels like she doesn't have the same impetus to go forward. Mm-hmm. Feels like she's stuck on the wing and a bit trapped and a bit like um, nowhere to go once she gets in. She's having to go back inside. When Shen has a little bit of freedom with the pitch, you see her quality come out. Yeah, uh, Which is why even that the first time we ever saw her when she came on, she kind of came on as like a 10 and started kind of roaming around and it just mm-hmm. looked like she was everywhere. Uh, yeah. I think she's, she's somebody that suits a free role but there's only like a couple of free roles available in this team and they're both kind of up top. They're both yeah. like just into an Amy. She did have a uh, fantastic chance that she put to the put wide of the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we have a few players who are guilty of missing sitters this season. <laughs> Olivia Chance kind of did it as well. I think it was Olivia Chance, <laughs> um, who was another player who I thought had a really good game. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk specifically though... Um, because like you said, I think that it it was a it was an an absolutely solid performance from us, and I think the players that you expected to perform who were in that squad performed um first of all uh I think it was a surprise that Otto replaced we said Claire Oridden in that back three it really I thought she had a great game, and it really made me think this is where I want to see her. <laughs> I don't know about you yeah i I would definitely agree um she's not quite turned me yet but I would say I agree with you in terms of positionally I don't think she has much of a a, a game changing presence right now in the middle of the park for us not more so than the options we have anyway uh, but at the back if you, you, you know, you've got somebody who can play as a centre mid who can pass the ball who can take who can pick her head up and pick a pass and, and look up and take the ball forward and carry it when you combine that with 
her physicality, her reading of the game defensively, she really does have a lot of potential, I think, to be that third centre half. Yeah. Um, and we've been a little bit critical of Claire Reardon in, in recent times, but uh, I do think there's a fight on for that jersey potentially, and there hasn't been because of you know injuries to Chloe Craig and stuff. It's it's been quite cut and dry who's playing there, mm-hmm. and we've always had three centre halves. So I would like to see Otto stake a claim for that jersey. Yeah, I just thought she was much more when when we've seen her being played by Fran in the midfield. I just think she sometimes looks a bit lost, like she's not quite sure what her role is supposed to be. She's much less confident. So when she's playing kind of in front of that back three, she's very often passing back to them. Whereas when she's playing as part of that back, back three, like you said, she lifts her head and she moves forward and she's kind of got that. She's got more momentum, even though she's further back down the field. Um, and it's just... I really enjoyed watching her play in a way that I hadn't before. So I would like, yeah, like you said, I think there is a fight on for that jersey and I'd like to see her in that position again. She actually gets a lot more, that left centre back, the same way Caitlin does on the other side, they get a lot more room uh, mm. to kind of play with the ball than the midfielders do. We've got players like Lisa Robertson and Natalie Ross in the middle of the part of the engine room because they're super experienced. They don't get a lot of time on the ball. They have the confidence to move the ball forward and to... They can use their bodies and do tricky things that get them past people. Turn very fast. Otto definitely thrives when she can look up. She can uh, have a wee bit of open space in front of her to step into. Because again, defenders will give you that space because you're just a centre-half to them until you're, you know, Virgil van Dijk, nobody knows who you are. Mm -hmm. You're just a centre-half. They'll let you step up into the half. So positive for her. Yeah. The other player that I wanted to mention, and it's probably no surprise to anyone who's been listening to me bang on about this for a while, is Hannah Kerner, because I'm very, I really enjoyed watching her play on Sunday as well. And I've sort of been in on her right from the beginning, and I really wanted her to do well, um, especially because it's good to have someone sort of nailed in on that position. But I think her speed was really on display. I think some, some of her skill more than anything like I think she's displayed more skill than we've maybe seen from her against a team like Hibbs on Sunday and it was just it was I don't know what your thoughts were on how she had what the, what sort of game she had yeah she's electric she's just when when she kind of turns the afterburners on trusts in her ability and glides by players it looks so easy for her um, and somebody with that kind of pace it always does when they can beat players <laughs> it's if, if you can beat players from the right back position you open up the game so much every time she took somebody on Somebody else has to come up to her and suddenly Amy Gallagher's got a ton of space. Yeah. Jacinta's got a ton of space. Shen's got a ton of space. It just opens the game up so much and it's really good to see her kind of stepping up and taking that role on because I feel like against City, it felt like she looked a little bit out of her depth in terms of decision making. Just at times, when she was on the ball, she looked great and we know what she's capable of. But there were times in possession she looked like she was not quite sure what she wanted to do. And for somebody with her ability, her speed, her skill, nine times out of ten, the thing she should want to do is take somebody on and beat them. Mm. You know, or, or play the ball and then run and get on, get up the park and get the ball back. And she just seemed to have a lot of um, responsibility she took on against yeah. Hibs, you know, for moving the ball forward, which is really cool. Just looking a bit further ahead, you know, I'm really excited to see a player like her having grown in a bit of confidence. She's played against the bigger teams and I think yeah. she has struggled to kind of she's new in the team you know she's still getting used to everything like that's completely fair dues you can you can't really criticize her for that but like if she has hit some kind of stride and we are starting to really see the best of her to see her you know even away against rangers in a on a big pitch pitch like at broadwood like that could be really exciting if she could do something and like you said turn on those burners and 
get through them. Anna Kerner's afterburners. Afterburners. There we go. Lovely. After Kerner's. <laughs> um, I've mentioned a couple. Did you? Was there anyone else? performance-wise that you thought was worthy of mentioning, either positively or negatively? No, no negatives for me this week, really. Um, <laughs> I would say, you've said everyone I, I'd picked out as well. I thought Lisa, um, even just watching the highlights back, you just missed her in the middle of the park. I just think she's so confident on the ball and she's such a big part of the game. I'm really baffled as to why she's been out. Um, so to see her assist twice and just play really smartly and really well in the middle of the park and sweep things up and take care of the ball really well it's just really nice to see and it's always a highlight of the game for me yeah. so I noticed that during the game and I just without even kind of analysing how she was playing I just thought god it's good to have Lisa Robertson in there did you and like watch the highlights she's just involved in every move as well did you like the bit where was it just before she had that shot on goal that was tipped over the bar where she's just like taking on two defenders she just puts her arms out it's like she's an aeroplane <laughs> <laughs> she's just like makes so, herself big goes nope <laughs> She's like every every quality central midfielder knows how to use their body, regardless of their size or whatever. It's about how you can use your body to your advantage. And she rolls off the back of players so much, mm. uh, which is just it's just such a big part of our game. And I really think we miss her when she's gone. I, she better not be out of that team one more time. Swear to God. <laughs> we shall see. We never know with Fran. Um, based on kind of the performance on Sunday, but also what we've seen in recent games, um, just what do you what would you like to see us work on and improve on? But bearing in mind we're not gonna have a Laracy replacement dropped magically from the sky into this squad for the next ten games. We may have some people return from injury. Molly Plasman might step in, but at this point, let's just assume that we're playing with the type of squad that we've got. What do you think we need to be doing better to make sure that we absolutely capitalise on what we can achieve? Uh taking chances. Because I think Celtic go through little periods where we don't know like we're taking our chances, and then we go through, you know, scoring ten goals a game, and it's like, what the hell is happening here? And then we're back to one nils, two nils, and then suddenly City come up and we're drawing a blank. You know, yeah. that, that's a pattern that's happened a few times over the last couple of years. Um, so we need to find that scoring touch again. For me, the answer still is what it was at the weekend. It's it's Amy and Jacinta up top. I still think that's our best chance of creating enough that we we put some goals in. Um and I guess at the at the back it's about finding I still think there's a, a jersey up for grabs there next to Kelly on the left and I want to know who Yeah. Is the most reliable for these big games. It's it's still a, a little bit up in the air for me, but we're gonna be defending a lot. The nature of the way we play, when we dominate, when we play the bigger teams, we are doing a lot of in the box defending. We're getting on the end of a lot of headers. Uh, and I would just like to see us solidify that a wee bit. Yes, interesting that you should say Jacinta and Amy. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact that Flint wasn't in the squad. She was con- she was suffering a concussion. I think she had one day left before oh, right, okay. she was back in official circulation, um, which was, uh, I imagine, part of the reason why she wasn't in the squad. But it will. We're going to talk about Hearts very shortly. It'll be interesting to see whether she makes a return straight back or whether Fran decides that because I think Amy you could see that Amy was doing more um being able to be given a bit more of that room up top I don't know it'll be it'll be interesting to see before we move on to hearts I just wanted to ask you if you could possibly pick a player of the match from Sunday for for Um, yourself personally I think it's I think there are a few candidates probably (laughs) yeah I think there's a few like on a very even 
even Kieran think MD was spectacular. Um, I was most happy to see Lisa, I think maybe, but Turner's the one that stands out as mm-hmm. the kind of like all star player of that game. You know, she was doing the most exciting things. She was creating a lot, a lot. Also, that's a very different way for us to create, which is really exciting for the fullback to come in like that and open up the pitch. She didn't even, you know, when we had Lucy playing at her absolute best on the left, Lucy would take players on down the wing, beat she them. Would stay out wide. Stay out wide, bring herself inside at the end. Kerner is starting to use her space to open up the middle of the park. And like you say, in a big park, that's going to make a big difference. So mm. uh, really exciting match and really great to watch Kerner play like that. So yeah. I'll go, I'll go Kerner. Lovely. I think we haven't even mentioned her, but Lou also deserves a mention because she was just, I think we've just got used to her being just absolutely excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and she does a slightly different thing. She does come in, but she's much keener to kind of come in very close to goal, isn't she? She doesn't do that kind of cutting through things. She can do it and we've seen her do it, but she doesn't quite do it as much. Or she does what she did against Glasgow City and just takes a punt from out <laughs> wide and scores a goal. Um, yeah, she's, she's a very exciting player, Lou, but she's, you know, she's got such close control and she runs so hard that it's like you never know when she's going to stop taking people on. Um, and But her decision-making has been so good. So we haven't seen her like run out of room or run out of steam or anything recently. Um, so we took three points away from that. Obviously, we've been through the table and where that leaves us. It's sort of like another wee mini competition, almost kind of opening up with the standings staying as they are. Um, but it will be great to see how that all pans out. However, before we talk about any of those games, we've got Hearts in the Cup this weekend. Um, they have been a challenge. We managed to get a result against them away before where they've that's been a bit of a fortress, the Orium. They've done really well kind of holding their own. We know that they're a team who are absolutely to be reckoned with and Ava Olid has done an extraordinarily good job. So um, oh, I've kind of got a few. Where, what, what do we need to do on Sunday to me? Just obviously it's a cup game. So do we just need the result? Yes. And for me, we need an early goal. Because we've got like um, we've got Hearts to play, and Hearts have had three clean sheets think, in a row, mm-hmm. and they're such a solid team, and that's what we've talked about them. What Evol has made them, uh, I think defensively we should be okay. Just need to defend from these set pieces, these corners, and win all the headers we're used to winning. But I think it's very much like the Hibs game: just get an early goal, and then we can play the game on our terms. And I think this Hearts team doesn't really suit coming out to meet us, mm-hmm. uh, so we can start to pick them off. So for me, I'd like to see, ideally, maybe Amy Gallagher score in the first 10 minutes. Lovely stuff. Um, do you think we, who, who do you think we have in that lineup? I mean, I, I'm not sure whether we'll hopefully get an answer this week on whether, for example, Chloe Craig is ready to come back into the squad. Um, it was interesting that Natalie Ross wasn't in the squad. I would imagine she's coming back in against Hearts because he's, been playing her very regularly and I don't know if that was kind of what I was thinking of when I was like is he doing stuff like that because he's thinking about the Hearts game I'm not sure but I mean I would like to see personally the back three stay as it was on last Sunday Um, but then I think there's definitely options further up the pitch Yeah I I do think he'll probably go with what he would deem his strongest team again because we're getting to the nitty gritty stage of the cup and Fran wants to win cups and I think like you say the league is not out of our hands not out of contention for it but it's it's definitely there's no reason to give up a cup for you know yeah. a bit of extra rest before a derby 
Um, so I think we'll see a really strong team. I do think we'll see Flint come back in. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I think he does like Flint. And I think there is still a question mark there to see whether she could be, you know, the experienced X-Factor striker that we need to, to start taking these chances in the big games. And I'm not against that. I still I think that's the whole point of the signing and that was the intent behind it. So I think we'll see Flint come back in. Um, apart from that, I think see pretty similar to what we saw on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not Shen, just because where do you put her? You know, but yeah. she's, she's do you replace well. do you replace Shen with Natalie Ross against Hearts in a cup game? Yeah, for me, Natalie and Lisa are, are nailed on. You've you've got to be playing them in a, a hard cup game. Uh, so that's there's not too much movement around them. And then you've got Lou on the left, left Hannah that. on the right, Jacinta, yeah. Amy, and Flint. Have I have I named too many players now? <laughs> I think that was that was just about right. That's the thing though. When you put Flint in, you're starting to take out another like midfielder that you like and. It's yeah. good. There's a good wealth of options. There's nothing. Subs are part of the game. It's good to have good subs. Yeah. Um, the other, it's just interesting to look at what the other fixtures in the cup are this weekend. We're obviously playing hearts away. Um, Glasgow girls and women have got Motherwell. They're still in the mix. Um, are they? Kilmarnock have got Glasgow City uh, at home. Uh, hearts have obviously got us at home. Uh, and Rangers are at home to Hibs, so that will be quite an interesting one. Yeah, all the big the the, the favourites, I guess, avoiding each other, um, which will be good for the the TV companies, like in the lips. <laughs> but uh, no, I think Hibs against Rangers. I don't think they'll they'll get beat or anything, but yeah, maybe another wee nod to where they're at. Um, yeah. How much are they going to push us to get this league title as well? Because they've taken some body blows this season. Um, compared to being unbeaten champions last year. Yeah. So how much has that affected them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, if you were a neutral looking at that, you'd kind of have, I think you'd have Motherwell and Glasgow City to go through and you'd probably be thinking that the Celtic and Rangers fixtures are the ones that could end in a cup upset, but they're not going to for us, certainly. Absolutely. Um, Anything else to say on that game on Sunday before we... Uh, no, before I, I ask I you for a I'd, prediction, basically. <laughs> well, I'd like it to be as I'd like it to be as uh, incident-free as possible. Yeah, I think it will be very similar to the Hibs game, uh, but I think we'll find a slight bit more of a score and touch. So I'm going to say three 0 Like it, <clears throat> I'll take that. And how many of those three goals will be scored from set pieces? <laughs> Two. Okay, lovely. Two again. Um. And we were just looking, I'm, as far as I can discover, no sign of any coverage of this game in the quarterfinal stages. Um, you know, the Scottish Cup, I'm sure once we get to, I think, I mean, obviously the final will definitely be shown somewhere, but at this stage, unless you are at the Orium, you'll not be watching this game. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to be there. So we will be following it all on Twitter and just kind of catching up on highlights and little clips that we can find um are you making it uh don't know yet i don't think i don't think so i'm trying to think of what sunday <laughs> sunday mother's sunday's mother's day it's sunday mother oh okay yeah i'm gonna say there's something in my head that's big on sunday and it's that <laughs> okay well that's good are you doing anything special uh seeing my mother probably in some fashion um my mother lives in edinburgh here. i should probably go through and take her to the football <laughs> there you go what an excuse <laughs> my mum would probably uh if mum if you're listening to this that. that's not a promise <laughs> <laughs> uh 
um yeah we'll see what we'll see where we go but um yeah uh we'll obviously be talking about the result of that game next week and we'll be looking ahead there's a wee break isn't there we've got kind of weekend we've got well we've got the game that monday game coming up which is exciting but we'll be back to talk about it all lorenzo thank you very much for joining me as always thank you very much always a pleasure he's been lorenzo pacitti i've been claire wilde this has been the celtic women's football show (laughs) 